What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Today on The State of Us, the Supreme Court decisions you might have missed and what they tell us about the direction of the highest court in the land. The Supreme Court ended its term last week in familiar fashion, according to the New York Times, issuing blockbuster conservative decisions on affirmative action, gay rights, and student loans that divided along partisan lines, with the court's three Democratic appointees in dissent. But the entire story of the most recent term is considerably more complicated than that of the previous one, which had seemed to establish an unyielding conservative juggernaut characterized by impatience and ambition and built to last. A year later, the court remains deeply conservative, but is more in tune with the fitfully incremental approach of Chief Justice John Roberts Jr., who is attentive to his court's legitimacy than with the take-no-prisoners approach of Justice Clarence Thomas. The Chief Justice's strategy and votes produced a fair number of liberal victories. Welcome to the State of Us. I'm your host, Justin T. Weller, joined today by the one and only, your friendly redneck liberal and the senior resident historian here at TrueJet, Mr. Lance Jackson. If you win seven minor victories and you lose three big ones, is that a reason to rejoice that you won 70% of the cases? Is it? I, I don't think so. I mean, I'm <laughs> glad that they can find... The New York Times found a positive spin on the court, you know, basically saying, well, you know, an atomic bomb was dropped on the United States, but you live on the East Coast and the bomb was dropped on the West Coast. So, see, it could be a lot worse. It's still a deeply conservative court and they made all conservative decisions, um, except for the, you know, these minor ones that don't affect too many people and... Some of the more conservative judges dissented with the majority on different values and said, we'll look at this again, or if you'd argue this, then I could vote for it. So some of these victories may be bad. I don't know. It just, yeah, overall, it makes it seem like, and, I, you know, and then again, I, I posed that question. You didn't answer it. What's your answer? If you lose the three big ones? If you lose the three games to your rivals but end up in it with a 7-3 and three season, is that a successful season, but you lost your three biggest games of the year? I don't know that I'd call it successful, but I don't think that it means that it's a total failure either. I mean, yeah, you lost big stuff, but does that mean that we don't talk about, and I think that's kind of what today's show's about, right, is that does that mean that we ignore the other things that happened or say, well, those, those don't matter because the only things that matter are the big ones and this other stuff doesn't matter. Or I, I hate to say the big ones versus not, because, for example, I think I think one of the huge ones that people are not spending much time talking about because it's a minutia, th- for so many people, it's a minutia thing, but it's one of the ones we're going to talk about today, is the Wall Street Journal reporting that the justices back the role of state courts in elections. The decision rejects the GOP idea that legislatures can redraw federal districts unchecked. This one 
is hugely important because, I mean, we think that what we think that the decisions that have been made, some of them are big and they absolutely are. You think those are big. If this had been decided differently, for those that aren't familiar with it, it was last Tuesday's decision in a 6-3 opinion by Chief Justice John Roberts found that North Carolina's state court did not overstep when it struck down a congressional redistricting plan as overly partisan. The ruling effectively rejects the notion of an independent state legislature that conservatives argued, citing the federal constitution should be free from state-level judicial restraints. The notion here was that there were a number of red states, and not just red states, I mean blue states would have used this too, that were basically saying the constitution says that we exclusively as the state legislature have the authority to draw congressional maps and that the federal government cannot do anything to basically restrict or impede that process. So if we want to draw them, you know, so that basically our state is always 100% red, then we can do that. And basically the Supreme Court said, no, that's not what the Constitution says, and you're not allowed to do that. The lower court's ruling was correct that you drew overly partisan maps and that that is not in line with the Constitution. Had they ruled the other way, had they said, no, that that lower court's decision is wrong, you have the exclusive power, you basically would have opened a free-for-all amongst all 50 states where each state can decide you know, for itself, basically, we can draw congressional districts however we want, you know, doesn't matter if it represents people or discriminates. I mean, not, all of that, it, totally out the window because the, the state has exclusive authority to make that decision. So, I mean, that's an example of one that I think we're, we're brushing over because there's big changes that have happened. This one's not really a change. It's more of a reaffirmation of something that already occurred, but it's still a pretty notable a pretty notable case that it was decided this way when given the court's makeup, it wouldn't have been shocking. I don't think if they had decided it differently. Well, it is important. It is very important, but will it really affect anything? Because I'm, I'm thinking like in, in our state of Ohio, they re- redrew the lines. The state Supreme court said you couldn't do it. And the legislature said, yeah, well, we're going to ignore you and keep them the way we wanted them anyway. And so now what's the rebuttal going to be? When the Supreme Court now says you can't do that, are legislators in the state of Ohio going to say, yeah, we'll try to make us change it? I mean, who's going to actually change it? I mean, you can make the decisions, but this is the branches of government. All right. And then so is anything really going to change or are these gerrymandered districts on both sides going to continue to exist? And then here's another thing. And you're a millennial. You answer me this. What's it going to take for your generation to start voting? Because right now you have a defeatist attitude as a general part of the population, it doesn't matter what the redistricting is because you're just feeling like your world that you live in, it doesn't seem to do any good, that your beliefs aren't being followed and it's just one sucker punch after another. So why bother? You don't vote. What's going to get you to vote as, as a generation? And if you don't vote, then we're not going to get anything changed. That, that may in part go back to this notion, which we've talked about before, of these recent decisions by the Supreme Court raise this, this whole thing of do people really understand how the court works, what it's supposed to do, and who gets to decide, you know, who's there? Because, um, for example, you know, it's easy. No, the answer is no. I mean, uh, yeah, no, have, people Le- don't. Levi, uh, he's going to be a senior in high school. 
right? He's yep. had his American history class and his government class. Next year, he's going to graduate. We asked him questions about this stuff, and he, he's, he's a smart young man. He doesn't know any of this. When's he going to learn it? Right. I mean, he's not going to, right? So now he's going to go out in the world, and I'm not blasting on Levi, but we're not teaching. We haven't done the shows yet, but we've got that civic score across the United States are lower than they've ever been in our history, in our junior high, Yeah. you know, and, and in high school. And math testing is even worse, and we're not going to do this. And I'm not trying to make it an education issue, but I'm saying the people that vote are the ones who are going to get to make the decisions. And talking with and being surrounded by millennials, you guys have a defeatist attitude in general towards the way of the world. And so you're just bowing out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, and and so what's it going to take to get you back to vote so that we can get more of a wall set up that said, hey, you got to follow the rules, guys. I'm I'm not arguing what the rules should be or shouldn't be. I'm just saying there aren't enough young people voting and taking action to make people follow the rules. I mean, yeah, the Supreme Court made a decision that will, you know, supposedly puts a stop to gerrymandering in any state, which is wonderful, right? We need the competitive races in Congress in order to get back to moderation in Congress instead of making the us versus them. And this is the minutiae, but we've talked about it before. The minutiae matters. We know what matters, right? We have to get back to talking to one another and finding common ground. And if we don't fix the gerrymandering, then that makes that part harder to happen. But you can't force anybody to obey the rules unless the majority is participating and standing up and saying, hey, Whatever the rule is, you guys got to follow it. And right now, we don't have that. And I'm not bashing on old people because we go vote. So what's it going to take to get people actively involved? Are these Supreme Court decisions going to get young people, you know, like the Vietnam War did for me or like Richard Nixon and Watergate made me a very political individual? The thing that's difficult about the Supreme Court, right, is is people understanding how it works, the effect that it has, et cetera, because we don't elect Supreme Court justices, right? I mean, we don't have a direct uh, say over who our Supreme Court justices are. But we can elect people to Congress and elect people into the office of president who decide maybe we want to add some judges sure, and change the makeup of the court that way. That's not unconstitutional for all these conservatives who read the Constitution and say, we have to do what the Constitution says. We want to interpret it literally. There's no set number for judges on the Constitution. Yeah, I, I and, think, and we can elect people to Congress to change the number and then change the makeup of the Supreme Court. But again, the Levi's of the world don't understand that. And so, well, I'll just throw my hands up and it doesn't matter. The rich the rich people are going to make all the decisions for us anyway. And that probably goes back to a question of American civics. Like we said, we're, we have another show that we're actually going to be doing on American civic scores. But if you don't understand how the system works, it's awfully hard to change the system. And just because we get, and that's, there's the other thing, right? Just because we get a new president doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get new Supreme Court justices or justices that you want, which I think raises a bigger question that we'll have to you know talk about too, which is, is it time for a more structural change to the way that we choose uh, judges for the Supreme Court? Because 
it's not necessarily that our current system was bad. It's what we've been doing for a while, but it also, uh, it also lends itself to, and I don't think you can find anybody that would disagree with this. It's very inequitable in terms of, it's basically the luck of the draw for a president, right? As to whether you will appoint any Supreme Court justices, because lots of times a president doesn't appoint any. And then sometimes you may get somebody like Trump who gets to put three, you know? So it's, and that's not whether you like Trump's appointees or not. That's just, that's historically how it's always kind of gone. And that doesn't, it doesn't lend itself to be a very equitable system. It's kind of a, we just all wait around and hope and wait until a few of them die or retire and then bam, 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 let's push through, you know, several that'll be here for 30 years. That part of it isn't, and again, in fairness to the framers of the constitution, right? They weren't really, I don't think consciously setting up (laughs) a system that was designed to have a whole bunch of different judges. And I mean, for a long time, we had one, Supreme Court justice, you know, and then we had a couple more. But this whole thing of like, again, how many we have and the notion of how it works and who gets to choose them, a lot of that stuff just kind of piled on and grew over time. It wasn't somebody sat down and was like, oh, this is a perfect system. And if we were going to design a court with this many judges, this is exactly how we do it to make sure that it's an equitable system. I would think that should be kind of disturbing to people that we operate on a system that really just kind of like piecemealed along and sort of whatever, you know, as time went on, like, well, it's kind of works. So we're not going to mess with it too much. But given when you look at the other branches of government and the intentional design of those branches versus some of the intentional or maybe the better way to put it is lack of intentional design of the judicial branch, because it's a problem, whether it's, you know, if it's stacked with liberals, you, you end up with the same, the same discrepancy here of, if a liberal president, you know, with a liberal Senate are together, you can just, you can pack it with your people for the next 20, 30 years, you know, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter then how you vote or who you choose, because it's like, well, we're just, this is who we're stuck with. What are some of the other decisions? Obviously that was a big one, but um, we've got justices rejecting um, a bid to limit liability in state courts and also um, an adoption case and Native Americans. Keep it here on The State of Us. We'll be right back. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you would know that issues involving Native Americans... Uh, and Indians across the United States are of importance to us on The State of Us. 
And um, one of the decisions that you may not have heard as much about is the court backs tribes in an adoption case. The Wall Street Journal reported that the Supreme Court rejected a challenge to a milestone achievement of the American Indian movement of the 1970s, a federal statute that prioritizes adoption of Native American children by tribal families. Writing for a 7-2 court, Justice Amy Comey Barrett affirmed congressional power to set the terms for Indian adoptions, but the ruling sidestepped deciding whether giving priority to children's placement with Native American families violated the constitutional principle of equal protection without regard to race or color. Justices Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito dissented, arguing that child custody decisions, even those involving Indian children, should remain a matter of state law. At issue, Barrett wrote in her majority opinion, were, quote, children who are among the most vulnerable, those in the child welfare system, end quote. Typically, state law governs when courts decide on placing them in foster or adoptive homes with the child's best interest, the paramount factor. But the Indian Child Welfare Act, signed in 1978 by President Jimmy Carter, requires that family courts give preference to members of the child's tribe or to members of other Native American tribes if adoptive parents from the child's own tribe aren't available. So basically, this was a there was a challenge coming through saying that this this 1978 act was unconstitutional, and the Supreme Court said no, it it is, and it can stand. So, and in a 7-2 decision, too, so it wasn't one of those um, more closely split decisions either. Even though Judge Barrett wrote that decision that you read, and that's good, she also left a little bit in there that opened it up to the fact that she would be willing to look at it again, and so did Judge Kavanaugh. He said, well, I don't think you made the right argument here. The grounds that you're bringing it on don't hold up. But even if those two flipped, it would still be a 5-4 decision. So this looks like it's going to stand. And it's a, again, it's that, okay, you got to win, but are things good for Native Americans in the United States overall? No, right? We've done healthcare issues and we've talked about the, the social injustices and we've talked about the lack of help during covid you know, we've done those shows. So this is an area and a group of people in our society that our government has not done a very good job with. We're not even talking about the land grab two centuries ago. Okay, so the people, you know, some of the people that we've beat down the worst, well, you can keep your kids. I mean, you could argue that you can keep your children and that's a good thing. But maybe if you didn't have your children, they'd have a better chance at being successful. I mean, I hate to say that because I'm all about they should stay, you know, everybody should stay right. well, with, that, with that, their family. That but, goes back to the fundamental question, though, right, of well, any time that we talk well, we're about— We're helping a group we don't usually help. So, I mean, that's a good thing, right? Uh, yeah. I, right? I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> it, make myself believe this is a good thing. It's good in that it's not—I think the solution that you're talking about, right, is another one of those Band-Aid things of like, oh, well, if the people that— if if your people can't take care of you, then we're going to take you from your people. You know, and it's like, well, maybe we should address why your people can't take care of you, right? I mean, because yeah. it, it's not it's not a lack of desire usually. It's a lack of a. I mean, again, how many times have we had the show about all all of the issues related to American Indians? You know, in terms of inequities geographically where they're placed, access to services. So I think this is a 
is this something that's huge that affects, you know, the whole nation and each of us, you know, every, uh, the 320? No, it doesn't affect all 320 million people that live here. But I think it's important because it's another one of those in the steps of let's not let's not band-aid a bad situation by addressing something that's really not the root cause of the problem. It's saying, no, we're going to leave this the way that it is. We're going to continue to give priority to tribal families to be able to adopt tribal children. This is a bigger theme that I think we want to talk about with all this stuff. How many times when you and I have done the show, Lance, right about the Supreme Court, have we said, if you're upset with this, part of the way that it changes is by telling your congressperson that you want legislation that deals with this. We get up in arms, for example, right, about Roe v. Wade and, you know, the Hobbs decision and, and on and on about, you know, well, we thought it was, you know, a lot of people thought it was great when uh, Roe v. Wade was decided. And then obviously a lot of people thought it was great last summer when things changed. And, it, you know, how do we quit this tug of war of like, well, now if we can just get back to court, we can we can undo the undo. Is that really what we want? Or are we, again, here's the education piece, are we looking at the wrong piece of the system right. to be the answer? The Supreme Court is making decisions based on current law. <sighs> right. They don't and make, lawsuits that are coming right. before them. But we ought to have, you know, 2,200 people in the House of Representatives. Yeah, well, we've done and, that and, show and, too. I, I, I understand, <laughs> but we have new listeners, but it's just, and if just think about it. If you go back to those folks that say, you know, we ought to go back to, you know, 1776 and what they meant. Well, we had, you know, one person for every few thousand, 10,000 people. Now we have one person for every almost 900,000 or a million people right. in Congress. So uh, we don't have equal representation like the founding fathers did either. And maybe if we had more voices, then it would cause there to be more people talking because you'd have to, because obviously if you had that many, you'd probably have more political parties. And then there'd have to be some. Yeah. And again, folks, one of the main themes of this show is, is for solutions. So yes, these are good things. These are, these are you know some decisions that people aren't talking about. But there's a, as Justin said, there's a better way to do this. And we're not talking about that, you know, I mean, because we have to inform you about what's going on out there. But if you're frustrated like I am, there are better ways to do this that we're not even because we seem to think that this way of government and these numbers that we have, we have to have. And that's not what the Constitution is. It's a living, breathing document, which is why, and you can read it in our history books, right? Supreme Court has looked at the same law, and one court 30 years earlier says one thing, and 50 years later, a different court says the exact opposite based on the same laws. And I'm thinking of segregation. Right. You know, the, the Supreme Court, the law didn't change at all. You know, the 14th Amendment but stayed the, people the same, interpreting it but did. the people on the Supreme Court who were interpreting the law changed the way they interpreted it. So well, they took, I, to your point, changing the law yeah. is is the direction to go more than bashing the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, again, folks, you know, it's, they, they weren't just, you know, sitting there one day and we're like, oh, gee, we're going to 
you know, we're going to talk about this today because we feel like it. I mean, they do have discretion they do over cases they take. Because a lot of people bring they cases take, there and they, right. do, they, take, they, they cherry they pick. They take a very tiny percentage of the right. total cases. And so, they decide which ones they're going to take. Yeah, it's so up they, to them. They do have control over what they hear sure. and what they don't hear. But the point being that, again, from a from a understanding the process standpoint, right, you don't you shouldn't be going to vote so that you can get different Supreme Court justices. The parties love to sell us on like, well, that's that's, you know, go vote for this president because that's by God what this is about. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, but the next president may not choose any Supreme Court justices, you know, and it's total. Well, yeah, l- but it was in 2016. Well, it was and in that's why we have what we have. Yes. So it was a major factor. Uh, and obviously that apparently wasn't. For the, for the people that were concerned about making sure that the liberal direction of the court maybe was maintained, obviously, apparently, that wasn't a big enough motivator to decide the election. You go to vote to decide your representatives so that they can make laws that reflect what you want. The Supreme Court's job is, is to help make sure that the laws and the different branches of government function the way the laws intend for them to function. And again, I think it's extra difficult when we're relying on laws that were written a long time ago and we haven't done anything to change or update them. To your point, when you put different people there and you ask them what they mean, they're going to come up with different answers, you know, because right. there's nobody living in a lot of cases that even worked on any of these laws. So, I mean, you're going to ask them, you know, well, what, 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 did, what did you mean when you wrote, you know? They come from a different time and a different lifestyle. Uh, yeah. So that's not, we can't be surprised that they make can't be surprised. different decisions. Exactly. You can't be surprised that this is going to happen. And the point is it's going to keep happening. If you're, if you're a conservative listening and you're thrilled about some of the recent decisions, you shouldn't be thrilled because it will probably change again. Someday the Democrats will get power and they'll do this and they'll stack the court and then you'll be pissed because they did the same thing. You know, and why why would we keep doing that? Why do we keep doing this? Why not stop doing that and decide on the laws that the majority of people in this country support and then make it a law? Well, don't they decide things based on the Constitution? Yep. Did you know that we have the power to change the Constitution? We do. We don't. But we, we have the power, but we don't use it. So... That I get. That's where my frustration with this comes in. Is that we we get so upset about these things, and I know why. I, I understand why because they're issues that deeply matter to people. But we're fighting. We're, we're fighting the battles in the wrong places, and we're fighting the wrong people. And that's what Congress. That's what our elected officials want. I don't know how many they want to blame the Supreme Court. They want to offload it on people that aren't elected. What? Well, who wouldn't want to do that? You know, because we can't fire the Supreme Court. So, like, we, we don't vote on them. So, yeah, it's easy to, well, you know, the Supreme Court, we don't like that decision. You know, we don't like that decision. Yeah, isn't that a terrible decision? Yeah. Uh, nothing we can do, though. Nothing we can do. Well, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And that's the, the check and balance thing. We got one more to talk about and also what to do from here. Keep it here on The State of Us. We'll be right back. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Getting all riled up for nothing. It's just frustrating, Lance, because people don't know how the system works. Do you disagree with what I'm saying? We're we're, we're banging our heads no, against I mean, the I proverbial used, wall of the Levi. Supreme Court. Yeah, no, I use poor Levi as the example. He's had his civics lessons in life. Yes. And his attitude is, on this show, he goes, oh, I'm not going to open up my mic because I can't contribute anything because I don't understand this. Right. Okay? So then he graduates from high school next year with honors, and he goes into a technical school to do something with the sound and video stuff that he's interning with us about. They won't teach him any civics. And so then unless he listens to podcasts or decides to get interested in it and reads it on his own, he's done. Whatever decisions and thoughts he has now are the ones he's going to have. And he doesn't have the knowledge. And that's not his fault because it wasn't we didn't push it hard enough. We didn't teach it. And so now what you have is you have all these people out here, like you said, who are upset about what's being done, but they don't know what to do about it. So they just quit. They just don't get involved in the political process at the very minimalist level, which is to vote. That's the easiest thing to do. We haven't even talked about all the other things you can do to get involved in the political system. But we have more and more young people who don't even bother to vote. And my generation was no different than that until the Vietnam War and Nixon and Watergate. And then that made us political devils. And now we're the ones in charge and we're the ones that are voting. My young friends out there who listen to the show and who like the friendly redneck liberal, you've got to learn the system, like Justin said, so that and you've got to at least vote and realize there are things that, that you can do. In another decision that you may not have heard of, the justices have rejected a bid to limit liability in state courts. Justice Neil Gorsuch, writing for a 5-4 majority of the justices, linked the issue to a Norfolk Southern Trains February 3rd derailment close to home for us here in East Palestine, Ohio. Quote, it's cargo. Hazardous chemicals, Gorsuch wrote, suggesting that under Norfolk's argument, the Constitution could, in theory, shield the company from some state court suits while leaving it employees exposed to liability. At issue was a Pennsylvania law requiring that companies operating within the state consent to lawsuits filed in Pennsylvania courts, even if the allegations involve conduct that took place elsewhere. Norfolk argued that imposing such liability on the railroad, which is based in Georgia and operates in 22 states plus the District of Columbia, violated the Constitution's due process clause. Not so, Gorsuch wrote, joined in whole or part by Justice Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, uh, Justice Sotomayor, and uh, Justice Brown Jackson. The court had resolved the matter in a 1917 case, he wrote, when it upheld a lawsuit that an Arizona mining company filed in Missouri against its Pennsylvania-based insurance company for fire damage to a smelter near Cripple Creek, Colorado. 
The insurance company did business in Missouri, which imposed conditions similar to what Pennsylvania does, Gorsuch wrote. The reason this is important, folks, a lot of that sounds, again, boring, is the point of basically the court saying, no, you can't just because you're not based, quote unquote, based. If you are doing business in this state, you are subject to this state's laws and you have to you have to answer those lawsuits. You can't not answer them just because you're not just because you're not based in that state. And that's a bit, that's a, it's a really big deal, especially in the age of, we're talking railroads here, but especially in the age of digital media, upholding that is, is so important because if they had sided with Norfolk Southern, you could have potentially opened this huge Pandora's box of, so I don't, I'm not technically, well, take TrueChat, for example, right? Our company. We aren't technically operating, you know, in the state of Ohio. We are a Florida corporation. So I guess if we break the law in Ohio, no biggie. You know, like we just we'll just ignore it. We just won't have to. If the Supreme Court hadn't decided the way it, it right, did. right, and but that and that goes back to though these things that are easy to brush under the rug because when the Supreme Court doesn't change something but upholds something, it's very easy to not pay attention to that. And be like, oh well. You know, that doesn't, but the is well, an effect, right? What there it, is an effect if it hadn't gone that. this way, <laughs> we, th- this would have been one of those that, you know, you could have massive implications across every industry, um, because you would have lots of corporations not to be evil, but to, but to play within the rules of the game would have said, well, gee, I guess if the rules say that I don't have to subject myself to other States lawsuits, I mean, why would you? Why would, why would anybody? You know? So, um, again, an, an important decision that really do, it doesn't change the way that we do anything. It stops us from dealing with things in a different way Correct. that could occur in the future. Correct. And for that reason, it, it is very important. You know, and again, it's it's on the small scale because if what you pointed out, used as an example— were to happen, then all of a sudden, this case would take front and center and be on all right. Every yeah, this. every news outlet, every podcast, <laughs> would be. and say, "Oh my gosh!" Now you know yeah. you can get away with this if you're you know TikTok or you know well they're Chinese, but uh, you know you get away well, with this or but, but that's the but whole no, point. but that's a good example. I mean, right? that well we don't we don't we're not you know we're not a Pennsylvania corporation, so we don't have to listen to pencil. I mean. We can do whatever, you know. Now, we have listeners in Pennsylvania, though, right? That's right. right. We, we, have, do. we have stations. We, we serve radio stations we service in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. I mean, we're doing, we are, in effect, doing business in right. Pennsylvania. Right. You know, we're definitely doing business in the state of Ohio. It's where we're sitting. Yeah. You know, and that's like this thing with Norfolk. We're a Florida like, company, so uh, whatever we do in, in Pennsylvania right. and Ohio don't yeah. matter. Your train, well, that, that's not right. Your train is going through the state, you know. And, common and sense. Way, yeah. Right. But... It, it was an but interesting it's a five four decision, uh, right? I mean, it, it five was, four decision in favor of common sense. There, there were other decisions that were not nearly this close. This one was, you know, it could have easily gone the other way, and had, to your point, would have been big front page news if that had happened, uh, because of the vast implications that would come with it. So, what do we do to fix all this? And we've kind of alluded to it. In my mind, there's two two things that have to be done, and. They're not mutually exclusive. You do them uh, regardless of whether or not you get the other one done. Uh, one is we have to make the appointment of Supreme Court justices more equitable to to be better reflective of the way that 
our country is voting. And I don't mean the Supreme Court should just do whatever the public wants. The whole point is that they should be legal experts and they should be above, you know, some degree of politics. They're never immune to public opinion, but they can be more immune than regular lawmakers if they know that their neck's not on the chopping block anytime they do something that somebody in the public disagrees with. Except we do do that in state Supreme Courts. Right. Yeah. Because in our state, the state yes. Supreme Court members are elected to office. They have to Correct. run. So therein, too, lies we could change the Constitution sure. and make Supreme Court members liable to the public. Yep. And, and I mean, you could I mean, argue that's another, that— That's another change. I know yeah. that's huge. I mean, you know, <laughs> but it's not because it happens— I don't know how many states actually do that. Well, we didn't used to directly but, elect senators. Right. I mean, do people? I'm looking at our this, producer yeah. not to not to say if he. I, we don't need him to speak. But did you know that you didn't used to elect senators? You know, you have House of Representative members and you have senators. And for a large portion of our country's history, the people did not elect your senators. You didn't elect them. You. See, that was well, that, that was one of your, your famous state. That was a change to the Constitution. It was a change. That to the was Constitution. the Seventeenth Amendment of the Constitution. See, I mean, so for a long time, for a long time in our history, it was not unusual for people to not vote on who their senator was. We didn't vote on our senator. We just got who we got based on what our state representatives and we decided chose. we, the people, wanted to have a say in that. So could so we, we changed it. Could we add a constitutional sure. amendment and say, we want to have a say on who's on the Supreme Court? Yep. We can. Yeah, you can. Yeah, but yep. we haven't. But we can do those things. Yeah, I mean, there's we can do basically whatever we want if we want to say and i that, guess that's to me the key and i know we're running out of time but that's the key component that i've that i preached for 30 years as a teacher is we have the we the people have the power okay mm-hmm. and we're not using it to our fullest effect and we need to do that don't sit there and think, well, there's nothing we, the people, can do to change this. There are legal, and I'm, I'm talking about legal, legal, constitutional ways to change the way we do things. I'm not talking taking to the streets and threatening political officials with their, li- with their you know, uh, about their lives or anything like that, which, you know. And I'm not just talking about protesting. There are, we can change the Constitution and change the way we do things. We have that right. And in states, on the state level, we have the right to change laws within our state. Correct. Without going through our legislature. Yes. That's also part of the 17th Amendment. And so when you just sit there and roll your thumbs and say, well, there's nothing I can do about it, that is not true. Okay? That's that's my biggest the biggest thing we can do to change people it, to know. The biggest two things, right, are, are change, change the way that we choose Supreme Court justices. And I'm not saying there's a perfect way to do it, but let's change it. It's clear that people are unhappy with it. Everybody's unhappy with it, you know? I mean, the only time you're happy is when your side's winning. That's not good. We, we should have a system that we feel like, no, I'm, I don't always love it, right? But I, I, I feel confident in that it's a good system, you know, or, it's, or I can't come up with anything better. And I, I, I would challenge our listeners right now, you know, if you surveyed a majority of Americans and said, do you think that there's anything better we could do with the Supreme Court? My guess is the majority of people would say, yes, you know, there's, I don't know, it's, there's something better. It ain't what we're doing. So that's one 
is is address that. We haven't really ever addressed it in our history. Let's address it. You know, let's let's do something from a legal standpoint about the structure and the way the Supreme Court is designed so that we all can feel a little more confident in that system. And then the other thing is, let's get some of these issues off of their docket by finally getting our Congress to do its job and pass legislation that speaks to this stuff that we care about. Because the only reason the Supreme Court's taking time to look into it is because there's not clean-cut black-and-white guidance from a legislative standpoint on what to do with some of this stuff. We're still upset about abortion. Why has Congress not taken action on it? We're mad at the Supreme Court. Why are we not mad at Congress? It's their job to decide what the laws are. We're upset that the Supreme Court is still trying to piecemeal crap that's not specific in our laws. And then we're surprised that these things happen. You know, no, change them. Man, put a law that's black and white that says this is how it's going to be. And then the Supreme Court will say, well, gee, you know, I get this isn't something that we really there's nothing to decide here. It's very clear. It says this, you know, why do we have this show today, Lance? There is a reason. Yes, there is. And the reason is that True Chat, the place we work, has a mission. And our mission is to educate people by providing honest, open and respectful conversations. And if you've listened to today's show and you share some of it. And people say, well, I'd like to listen to the whole thing. Tell them that they can find us as a podcast on Spotify, Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and everywhere podcasts are found. The State of Us releases new episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays, first thing in the morning, as a podcast. Those same episodes are heard on the weekends on AM and FM radio stations across the United States and parts of Canada. For The State of Us, I'm Justin T. Weller. I'm Lance Jackson. Special thanks to associate producer Levi LaForge and senior producer Bradley Butch. And thank you all, of course, our audience for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Be the change. Be sure to check out our website, thestateofus.org, for books, articles, and all the ways to tune in. Thestateofus.org. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.